Welcome to the Tori Says Show. That was a long song, but I think a lot of people needed to hear it as um, faith is dwindling from what I see in many chat rooms, because I am in many, and sometimes under guys and other boards, and it, 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 it breaks my heart, uh, really does. And that song that you heard was actually played in 2017 um, at an event that President Trump was at. And I've played it before on the radio. And it was very, very interesting um, that it just came into my purview again today. So I thought that I would bring it up. Now, a little bit of housekeeping in regards to the Tory Says Show. So uh, obviously being a time traveler, I knew that it was only about time for YouTube to nix. So my first YouTube channel, the Tory Says Channel, um, that has like 70,000 followers or something, I'm not even allowed to upload video there. So that's going to be dead until April. The next channel, Tori Says News, I've now been restricted from being allowed to stream. Hence why I had opened up that other account. Um, so that way you guys can join it. I dropped it in the Telegram room. I will always be uploading wherever I can on uh, on Rumble. I, you know, I was one of the first that went there, even though I don't, mm, I still put it on there. And um, I archive all my shows. Uh, you see me on the radio. And uh, Twitch and DLive. They've been real good to me. So Twitch, I know, is great for the app for those of you that don't want to watch, just want to listen. And we do movie night. Uh, remember, the president is still on the Twitch platform. I just wanted to say that. Um, and DLive is, is pretty popping with the memes. Like, I love watching your chat memes. I, they're incredible. Um, and, and, and I like Twitch because we get to do a lot more stuff there. Um, and I like to troll it. Um, because there's a lot of people that have channels there that are just hilarious. And sometimes, you know, if you find me in the telegram room where I'm bored or I'm waiting for a phone call or I'm rendering something, I'm usually on there, uh, pretty much, uh, trolling somebody's random room. Um, now so many people are uh, going here and there for information when most of the information is right in front of us. Our common sense can tell us exactly where we're at and where we're going. And uh, considering that the premiere for American Gods, I missed it, was January 10th, um, which is good because then I'll just watch it, you know, uh, rerun on demand. I'll probably wait till, you know, next week on Monday to see it. I thought that I would introduce you to it because I say this not because, oh, yo, it's my favorite. I already told you. It was a little bit confusing for me. I had to step back. But it's so deep that I found these two great clips where people were explaining things because you will understand exactly what's going on right now. Like right now, if you were to apply that to today, you'd be like, dang, that's identical. So we're going to go through that today. I'm going to remind you a little bit of history today. Um, and we're going to go through the motions of what's going on. So I thought that we should start um, with uh, the American gods. And why I say this is because we're going to roll into the new gods that are ruling the world. And you're going to see what I've been saying 
for over a year. These are big titans fighting over you, control of you. And the one thing that that uh, blows my mind is that with so much information, this is the age of information and ignorance is a choice. We have been so busy, so busy that we're not paying attention to little things. So I'm going to walk you through the nuances to see exactly where we are, how we're going, where we're going, and you know what the outcome should be. I told you these are unprecedented times. These are going to be times of turmoil and disappointment. But that's the thing. Miracles happen all the time. And miracles, mm, I'm not saying that we're praying for a miracle if we've already done it. But to those that are disbelievers, to those that cannot see, this is how it will be interpreted. Because there are many people that are just so pessimistic. Yet the writing is on the wall. And that's what shocks me. Is like, how is it that nobody else can see this? That's that's the shock that I get. And, you know, these are close friends of mine, colleagues that think this stuff. Really good friends. Hey guys, Chastity here. Hold on. I started the video a little bit faster than I should. So I want to introduce you to the old gods of the show American Gods. Uh, this is quite an old video. It's introducing only a few of them. But you'll understand why I said, yo, maybe you need to watch this because it'll help you understand. The new TV series American Gods premieres on Stars on April 30th. It's based on the novel by Neil Gaiman. He wrote Stardust, Coraline, and the Sandman comic series. So who are the gods in American Gods? I'll break those down for you right now, but before I do, subscribe to our channel because you never want to miss any of our American Gods coverage. It's coming this week, next week, the week after. Who knows? <laughs> American Gods tells the story of Shadow Moon, a man who gets released from prison and finds himself in the middle of a battle between the old gods and the new gods. So who exactly are these old gods? I'll tell you, but first, be warned, because there are some slight spoilers ahead. First, we have Mr. Wednesday, played by Ian McShane. Wednesday is a mysterious and charismatic con man with plans to unite the old gods, to join him in the war against the new gods. He has the ability to travel backstage, a place behind the world of men. Mr. Wednesday explains the war in the book, Gods Die, and when they truly die, they are unmourned and unremembered. Ideas are more difficult to kill than people, but they can be killed in the end. Secretly, Mr. Wednesday is Odin, the old Norse god of knowledge and wisdom, making him one hell of a con artist. Odin is a widely revered god in Germanic mythology, but most of what we know about him stems from Norse mythology. Odin is the head honcho, the all-father of the Nordic gods. He's also the father of Thor, the god of thunder. In Norse mythology, Odin has 18 charms or powers. Some of them seem fairly insignificant, like the ability to catch arrows and escape bonds, but most of them are pretty useful. He can heal, calm storms, render enemy weapons useless, provide magical protection for his allies, and make people have a change of heart. And yes, he can hook up with anyone he wants and can make them fall for him. In older English, Odin is named Woden, and Wednesday in English comes from Woden's Day, hence Mr. Wednesday. Chernabog is played by Peter Stormare. He is suspicious of Mr. Wednesday's motives and is reluctant to help him. Chernabog is one of the old gods, the Slavic god of darkness, whose name means black god. He is the counterpart to Bielabog, the god of light and sun. 
There has been much speculation about Chernobog, but not much has been said definitively. Christian historical sources interpret him as a dark, accursed god. It is said that Chernobog brings disaster and misfortune wherever he goes, and he does so without an agenda. He simply enjoys being evil. This description fits with how he acts in the novel, as he killed cows with his hammer for a living after coming to America. Bilquist is played by actress Yatide Bidaki. In the book, she is the old goddess of love, who lives in the present as a prostitute, who devours men while having sex with them. In the heat of passion, she asks them to worship her and call her goddess. Pray to me like I'm your god, your goddess. Once they do, she becomes a literal man-eater. Their entire body disappears, and not into her mouth. Just right up in there. Yep. Bilquis is believed to be a jinn, a half-human, half-demon. In history, Bilquis is the Queen of Sheba, a biblical figure known for a legendary voyage to meet King Solomon and test his wisdom. There seems to be little connection between Bilquis and American gods and the Queen of Sheba, except that they share the same name. The Queen of Sheba was a woman of great wealth, beauty, and power, who was a seeker of truth and wisdom. In the show, Easter is played by a well-dressed Kristen Chenoweth. In the book, Easter has the power to resurrect the dead and heal wounds with a kiss. In Germanic mythology, Easter, or Estra, is the goddess of rebirth. Spring, dawn, and birth are all within her domain. Rabbits, eggs, and a spring festival are all theorized to come from early celebrations in her honor. Mr. Nancy is portrayed by Orlando Jones. Mr. Nancy is one of the old gods named Anansi, a trickster god originating from West Africa. He appears in two of Neil Gaiman's books, American Gods and Anansi Boys. In the book, Shadow sees Mr. Nancy both as a man and a spider. Mr. Nancy has the power of trickery and can travel backstage like Odin can. In his Ashanti story origins, Anansi was a trickster who stole the ability to have stories exist in the world from the Sky God. All Anansi stories have a moral associated with them. What will we learn from him in American Gods? Damore Barnes plays Mr. Ibis, or Thoth, the ancient Egyptian god of writing, wisdom, and magic. The Greeks declared him the inventor of many sciences. In the book, Mr. Ibis is a funeral director in the world of the living, but in the world of the dead, he is a psychopomp, a being who travels freely from the world of the living to the world of the dead. You have died, Mrs. Vadil, and it is time for you to come with me. Mr. Jekyll is the pseudonym assumed by Anubis, the Egyptian god of the afterlife. He will be played by Chris Obi. In the book, he has the ability to transform into a dog, restore himself by consuming pieces of the dead, and judges people's souls in death by placing their heart on a scale opposite a feather. If their heart is heavier than a feather, their soul is eaten by Ahmet, the eater of, well, souls. He and Mr. Ibis run a funeral parlor together. Be sure to come back for our American Gods reaction videos when the show starts up. And speaking of reaction videos, we have one for Fargo Season 3, Episodes 1 and 2. You can click right up there to check that out. Do it. Thank you. And subscribe. I wanted to Thanks. let her little ad go because it's important that you see it and subscribe. So now we're going to look at the new gods. Okay. And this is just a short summary because they left out social media and stuff like that. But I want you to see this because it's important. And then we're also going to see their analysis on who is more powerful than hey all friends, the gods. Hey friends, Chastity here. Than who, that who is more powerful than all those new gods and old gods. It's pretty interesting. So I want you to understand old God, all, all, old gods. I want you to think kings, queens, Vatican's, the whole nine yards, right? I want you to think of that old gods, old gods. The last clip that I'm going to play for you after this, where it introduces you to the new ones. So you understand the war that's going on. I'm going to introduce you to the analysis when they actually brought up Jesus in this show. I kid you not. It's it's quite fascinating. Here we go. 
American Gods has finally made its way to TV, kicking off with an amazing first episode. Last week I told you all about the old gods, and now I'm here to tell you about the new ones. But before I do, please subscribe to GameSpot Universe, because you don't want to miss any of our American Gods videos. The premise of American Gods is that gods exist because people believe in them and give them power. As time has passed, the mythological gods of old are threatened with extinction as people have stopped worshipping them. New gods have since risen to power as reflections of America's obsessions with the likes of technology, the internet, media, celebrity, and money. With every day attached to social media and every celebrity scandal we get caught up in, we've made the new gods more powerful. Mr. Wednesday has plans to unite the old gods to take back their power and enlists Shadow Moon to help him. The new gods take notice and will do whatever it takes to make sure they stay in power. So who are these new gods? Let's take a look. Technical Boy is the god of technology. He is the personification of the internet, played by Bruce Langley on the new TV series. Technical Boy manifested as a god due to our modern obsession and dependence on technology and the internet. He's the youngest of the new gods, which is why he looks and acts like a teenager. In the novel, Technical Boy appears as a heavyset teen with bad acne. He's gotten a futuristic hipster makeover for the TV show, chilling in his VR limo, vaping synthetic toad skins all day long. He's accompanied by a bunch of faceless thugs that kind of look like droogs from A Clockwork Orange. He can also seemingly digitize them into reality. Technical Boy wants the old gods to die out and for the new gods to take over permanently. And according to co-creator Brian Fuller, Technical Boy will have a huge arc this first season. Could he be the main villain? Media is the new goddess of television, played by X-Files star Gillian Anderson. She is the personification of television, media, and celebrity. Media has the power to project herself onto any TV screen and can warp and change TV to look however she wants. In the novel, Media appears to shadow in TV screens as pop culture icons, such as Marilyn Monroe and Lucille Ball. A tweet from Brian Fuller shows an image teasing the many faces of Media, hinting an appearance as David Bowie as well. Her power lies in persuasion rather than strength. She is the public face and the mouthpiece of the new gods, who tries to recruit Shadow to fight on the side of the new gods. Mr. World is played by Crispin Glover. He is the leader of the new gods and is the god of globalization. Mr. World is seemingly omniscient and keeps an eye on the old gods. He sees Mr. Wednesday and his plans to unite the old gods as an imminent threat. Mr. World is an interpretation of Loki, the Norse god of mischief and trickery. In the novel, a group of men known as the Black Hats work for Mr. World as part of a mysterious, unidentified agency tasked with hunting down Shadow. If you haven't already, be sure to check out our video on the old gods. And please, please keep watching GameSpot Universe. All right. So I saw in the chats. Yep, that's what's up. You guys are getting it. New gods, old gods, who's Shadow Moon? Well, I think season three is going to tell us. I mean, they even told you that black hats work with Mr. World. They told you about fake news propaganda. They told you about the internet. They told you about globalization. See, that's what's up. Now let's go to the Jesus analysis. Now, it is quite interesting, the hidden biblical and myth references. I've talked about this show before. I've showed clips from this show before. Not for you to understand the mythology, the religion, and everything. But I wanted you to understand the state of the world. This storytelling, season one, season two, and then season three. Season three is so on point, metaphorically, on what we've been going through for the past six months and what is to come. It is cray-cray. So here's the, the, the video. Um, the guy who created this is OSSA Movies. And he talks about the analysis on it. Uh, but one God is noticeably, he says, one God is noticeably missing from American Gods uh, show for the most of the first season. On American Gods, is Jesus a new or old God? 
He's like not even counted in any group, you guys. And if you listen to the statements that are made while he is um, being ah, discussed slash showcased, it's going gonna, it's gonna to amaze you. Just take a listen. Is Jesus a new or old God? Why wasn't he invited to join Wednesday? And finally, why Christianity is crucial in American gods. Hi, I'm Adam. You're watching awesome movies. And right now, we're going to find out answers to the most intriguing questions about the Christian God and his place in American Gods series. Gods, demigods, deities, spirits. Throughout the hugely popular TV show, we've been reminded that America is populated by all kinds of supernatural beings. We've seen gods from Norse, Slavic, ancient Egyptian mythology, and more rare ones like Hindu and Zoroastrian. So why is Christianity almost absent from the series? Let's see how exactly Jesus is mentioned in Neil Gaiman's book. In the first edition of 2001, there are only a few passing references to him, like the one about a lucky son of a virgin who could fall into a cesspit and come up smelling like roses. And it seems that it was made only to remind us about yet another forgotten God, Mithras, and make us aware that Jesus took his birthday for himself. But Jesus was never brought into the picture in person. Why? There are several theories that answer this question. The first one is that Gaiman excluded Jesus as a representative of Christianity, as well as the gods of Judaism and Islam, from his novel because of respect to the believers. The other theory is that he did it out of fear that the active presence of these three faiths in the book would draw negative reaction from their followers. And there's yet another theory, which is more logical from the point of view of American God's central conflict, the battle of existence, or more accurately, for the number of followers, between the old and new gods. The gods of the three biggest religions are simply not interested in it. They don't have a problem. So did Neil Gaiman ever think of including Jesus into American gods, or at least expanding his storyline? Oh yes, he actually did. I couldn't write about America without mentioning Jesus after all. He's part of the rap and weft of the country, Gaiman explained. He even wrote a scene in which Jesus and Shadow meet over a glass of wine, but he didn't make it into the published novel. I felt like I was alluding to something that I couldn't simply mention in passing and then move on from. It was too big. So Gaiman took that scene out again, and it stayed like that until the 10th anniversary edition of the book. However, America has changed a lot since then. And just omitting Christianity from the epic tale of American gods would be strange, to say the least. Moreover, television, what an irony, one of the new gods, give the characters much more attention than they had in the novel. So the showrunners did not fail to bring Christianity to the story. And, of course, its major figure, Jesus Christ himself. On American Gods, is Jesus a new or old god? Brian Fuller and Michael Green explained it best of all. They placed him between the old religions and the new gods of the technological era. Being 2,000 years old, Jesus is a relatively new god of the older god category, who is doing quite well in terms of worship, and is probably even oblivious of the war that Wednesday is going to start, bringing him in as a compare and contrast for how Christianity usurped and absorbed many other religious iconography. On the series, it is Wednesday who blatantly describes this process at Ostara's Easter party. Millions upon millions exchange tokens and observe the rituals of your festival. But does anybody pray 
in your name. Do they say it in worship? Oh, they mouth your name, but they have no idea what it means, none whatsoever. Same every spring, you do all the work, he gets all the prayers. And by the way, it seems like it was the first time Jesus himself heard of it, because he feels so terrible about this that Easter has to console him. But you know Wednesday, he's just unstoppable. And he makes his point even more clear. Day. You took it. You crucified her day. When they started following you, everybody else got burned. In your name. Happy Easter! <laughs> On the contrary, media insists that Ostara is only relevant because he is now associated with Easter, a Christian holiday. But we already know that it's a blend of pagan trappings and Christian belief in resurrection. Well, this mix and match seems to be the perfect match for both sides. And what about multiple Jesuses? American Gods is actually kind of brilliant in depicting modern Christianity. The show follows the idea that any God's existence depends on its followers. Christianity isn't quite a monolithic faith, as every denomination of Christianity actually has their own vision of the Son of God. Just as Wednesday explains to Shadow, there's a lot of need for Jesus. So there's a lot of Jesus. That is how we meet the whole 12 versions of him at Ostara's party. Although in the series, it is not specified which Jesus corresponds to which branch of Christianity. Anyway, it's a subtle and respectful, though playful, representation of America's most popular God. But why is Jesus not invited to join Wednesday's war? There can be several answers to this. He's either too popular or too blended into modern life, or he is just too boring. Don't get us wrong here, but hey, didn't you have the same kind of feeling while watching the episode Come to Jesus? In comparison with the colorful old gods and energetic aspiring new gods, the Jesuses at Easter party were not all that impressive. They just wander around with a beautific smile, show some minor magic stuff like sitting on the water and dropping candies through their crucifixion wounds. But that's the more fun theory, of course. The more obvious reason is that Jesus is an active God with billions of worshipers. He's just not interested in anything Wednesday can promise him. He's on an entirely different level. Nevertheless, Christianity is still at war with the old gods, in a way. In the earlier episode where we first meet Jesus on American Gods, we see how a group of illegal immigrants cross the border to the U.S. Among them is a Mexican Jesus who saves a man from drowning and then gets shot by the vigilantes. Apart from highlighting the danger that immigrants face, this scene shows us that the weapon that's used to kill him was manufactured by the corporation which serves for worshiping one of the old gods, Vulcan. And that's quite a dark irony. Still, here we should probably add that this vignette was not present in the source book as well as the Vulcan Corporation storyline. So why is Christianity crucial for American gods? Because this road trip we witnessed throughout the first season of the series does not only serve for summoning old gods. It has a much more important goal, to make Shadow Moon believable. Shadow begins the journey as someone who believes only in Laura and their love. But pretty soon, he gets deprived from it too. Episode by episode, he keeps on meeting different gods, without fully understanding who they are. Until the finale of the season. By the indoor pool, Shadow meets Jesus, who is sitting on top of water, and confesses to him that he doesn't know how to believe, no matter what he sees. And Jesus, the one who doesn't know how not to believe, 
explains that it doesn't really matter because he still has to travel the road his senses show him. Soon after, Odin reveals himself and Shadow professes that he now believes in everything. So finally, he's ready for anything his destiny has in store for him. And just like Jesus told him, he's got to walk that road to the end. What do you think about the way Jesus is included in the American God's pantheon? All right, so a lot of people were like shocked. What? This is blasphemy. What? Ah. But here's the thing. You miss the bigger picture, right? They just showed you old guard, new guard, and how they've excluded Christianity from it. They did bring Islam into it and Hinduism, right? And Judaism. Because they explain how the Easter lady was Judaism, you know, all the older gods respected Judaism and Christianity. So I want you guys to stand back and look at it. That's why I said yesterday, because I'm, I'm urging you to watch it only because season three, if you look at it through the eyes of applying it to what you see today from a macro perspective on a global scale, it makes sense. I've told you there's two big titans. The, the the old guard, the military industrial complex of the old guard, and then the new, which is the media. And this is where we roll into understanding these new gods and how they believe that they're smarter. Even though they're young, they're smarter. They know best. We must listen. They must obey. They have full control of your speech and everything in between. Well, it turns out that a lot of states are starting to push back on that newly found power they have. See, even when evil decides to have a conversation and sway you, they actually reveal themselves. Take a listen. A Florida state rep is taking a stance against big tech censorship, and he's calling on other lawmakers to do the same. NTD's Melina Weiskup has the story. Florida Representative Randy Fine is calling on Governor Ron DeSantis in the cabinet to divest the state from Amazon, Twitter, Apple, Google, and Facebook. The move is aimed at putting pressure on the tech giants so that they stop censoring conservative voices. We have a risk in this country, which is when half the country is told that they can't voice their opinion in words, they will inevitably voice their opinion in other ways. Depressing speech always backfires. And that's what we're seeing here. And I think it's dangerous. We're pushing it underground. We may, they may make people more violent by doing this. It's just dangerous. It's a terrible idea. In addition to banning President Trump, Facebook also removed a page by the Walkaway campaign, a group which was home to hundreds of thousands of testimonials of people telling their stories about leaving the Democratic Party. Um, I think we should do our part to pressure these companies to do the right thing and to stop censoring speech. They have the right. That doesn't mean they should do it. Fine is preparing to introduce legislation to forbid state and local governments from conducting business with the tech giants, including no Facebook, Twitter, or Google advertisements by Florida governments, no using Amazon services by the Florida government, and no purchasing Apple or Android devices by any government agency. But I think that if Florida takes this stand, and I think if other states begin to take this stand, and I think you couple it with customers taking this stand, um, I think you will probably see these companies either go away or, um, or realize what they've done is catastrophic to their business prospects. 
Fine already has support from state cabinet member and CFO Jimmy Patronis, who says the state should add the discussion to the next cabinet agenda. Melina Weiskup, NTD News. Fine's efforts come as a number of world leaders denounce big tech companies for banning President Trump from their social media platforms. Those criticizing the censorship include the German Chancellor, Australia's acting Prime Minister, Norway's left-wing Labour Party leader, and members of the French government. And that Think, all those leaders that despise President Trump denounced what social media did. Think about it for a second. Why would they do that? Are they afraid that they will be silenced? Mm, perhaps. 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 Huh. The new gods are winning. Perhaps. No. They knew that without action, the people of the United States and the rest of the world would rise up. You understand? The whole world is watching. This new impeachment is making everyone see exactly who they are. This is it. They do not fear so much these new corporation gods. They've been incorporating them in their UN meetings, their Bilderberg meetings, their G summits. It's not that, right? They, the two titans, right? The two sides have some kind of understanding and they know that they have met their match with each other on different levels. One with experience, the other one armed with technology. What they worry about is the people. This is what they're worried about. You, the people. People that hate President Trump, that are in that Trump derangement syndrome point that has mellowed out with the win, suddenly see that the riots aren't something that the Republicans do. They silence the president, which means even them, they question, they question wait a minute, that's just not right. He's still the president of the United States. Wait a minute, if they can shut down the president, then they can shut down me. Ah, this is why they're upset. They're not upset that they shut President Trump up, that did them out, all of them, pulled all their pants down, rounding them up one by one. They're upset. Optics, very important. The rest of the world is watching. The whole world is watching. And when someone that is a private corporation has the power to silence a president, well, the people begin to cock their heads, no matter where they sit on the political spectrum. And the people that would advocate for socialism kind of tapered down saying, well, wait a minute, that's just not right. They fear the people, as they should as they should. Censorship is also facing some backlash in the U.S. A local internet provider is blocking access to the two sites. Your T1 Wi-Fi serves parts of Idaho and Washington State. It will be blocking access to Facebook and Twitter starting Wednesday. The company tells NTD this is because customers complained about censorship on the two sites. The company recently told their customers it does not believe a website has the authority to censor what information people see. Their notice also says they've been fielding so many requests to block Facebook and Twitter that it would be difficult to service each customer individually. Although customers can disable access to websites on their own, some don't know how. 
customers can choose to opt out if they still want to access the two platforms. And we turn our attention now to Twitter's role in Uganda. After censoring certain political figures, Twitter is now saying... Wait, before we get into Africa, which I told you last year, January, oh, I think it was actually today, last year, January, when we see Africa come in, oh boy, I said it on the New Year's one too. Now, I was the one talking about Dorsey's trip to Africa, wasn't I? A lot, a lot. Before we get into that, look what just happened. A provider of the internet has decided that anyone using their services will not be able to access Twitter or Facebook. Now, while many people say that these are American companies, you have to see YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. When they hit you with a ding, they tell you, in the country of Pakistan, you have violated this law, therefore, you should be punished like this, but because you're in America, we're not going to do it. Which means they're a global company, which means they have foreign interests, which means, hmm, you see where I'm going with this? So props to that service provider that has decided to block the websites. They're going to lose all their money. Now, here's, here's, here's the double, uh, the, the issue that we have. This helps the old guard, right? Hence why, you know, the leaders of nations that despise President Trump come out. One, because they see the power they yield and that wakens the people. And two, they're next until they have full and ultimate power. Now, I don't think anyone else was talking about the fact that, uh, you know, Dorsey left in August and went to Africa. I did a couple of mentions of what he was doing in Africa. And I've mentioned how important Africa is. This is why China and other big nations have invaded. The atrocities that China has conducted in that continent is ridiculous. And I told you when Africa comes into the scene, hardcore, that is when things are going down. Pay attention to this report carefully. Saying that access to information and freedom of expression is important, especially during an election. NTD's Christina Kim reports. Twitter admits they suspended a number of accounts targeting the election in Uganda in close coordination with their peers. This, as big tech companies are acting in lockstep to crack down on conservative speech. In response, Uganda has banned Facebook and Twitter entirely two days before their election. Ugandan President Yoweri Museveni, who has held power since 1986, defended the decision. He said if these channels aren't equitable to Ugandans, there's no reason they should operate in their country. Twitter condemned this move, calling it a violation of basic human rights. It's not a human right when Twitter decides it's going to meddle in elections globally. They meddled in our elections. Now they want to meddle in other nations' elections. Uganda, maybe that leader's not the best guy. Huh? It's up to the Ugandans to make that decision, not fucking Jack Dorsey. And the principles of an open internet. They then said that access to information and freedom of expression, including public conversation on Twitter, is never more important than during democratic processes, particularly elections. Many are calling this hypocritical, given their heightened crackdown of free speech in the days leading up to and after the 2020 U.S. election. Twitter censored and blocked the New York Post article that investigated Hunter Biden's potential business ties with Ukraine and China just one month before the November election. 
According to Media Research Center, a conservative content analysis group, 16% of Biden voters would not have voted for him if they had known about the FBI investigation that looked into the Biden family's possible business ties to the Chinese Communist Party. And most recently, Twitter permanently banned President Trump's account for potentially inciting violence. They cite two tweets they deemed problematic. Neither of them mention or suggest violence in any form, but Twitter says these tweets need to be taken in the context of the Capitol breach. Some, like reporter Jack Posobiec, are calling Twitter and Facebook authoritarian. One user says Twitter's new policy post is the least self-aware remark. Another says Twitter's behavior gave a pass to autocratic regimes and they lost their moral authority to criticize regimes that are simply following their bad example. Christina Kim, NTD News. The FBI and DOJ say they're investigating the riot at the Capitol last week. We'll get to that later. So we've got social media wars, almost like those new God wars. And we've got the Capitol huh? swarmed with soldiers, swarmed with soldiers. I think it's important that we play a certain anthem of those soldiers. to play it with the lyrics okay i wanted you to hear it now we're going to play it with the lyrics uh, hopefully you guys can gather it i mean it's quite it's quite a fun one <laughs> I just thought I'd play it. Some some uh, divisions and um, branches of our government that hail from, you know, places like my home state um, have pretty pretty awesome music. And you know what's funny is is that uh, Vice President Pence should be meeting with them on Sunday because a lot of them came back from Afghanistan. So it'll be fun. I mean, I still have tickets. I don't think I want to go down there, but I still have them. Man, it's going to be lit. So I thought, I thought I would um, showcase a video from Inside Edition first in regards to, you know, the riots, the, the whole National Guard troops coming in, you know, for supposed civil unrest. You're going to think, civil unrest for what? 
Uh, you know, if you remember, inaugural balls, presidential inaugural balls are done, uh, you know, at certain times and people are invited. And if you actually go to the uh, presidential inaugural balls, they talk about the 2021 one, but there's uh, no statement on it. No ability to go and who's going to be there. The FBI warned that Capitol riot may fuel future attacks. Uh, you know, they've uh, said that there's going to be a ball. And uh, apparently Lady Gaga, I don't know if she's arriving on a garbage truck. And um, Jenny from the block, Lopez, will be the entertainment uh, for it. But no one said the date or when it will happen. And it's kind of funny how Kamala Harris is going to be going there considering she's still Senator Harris, not Vice President Select Harris. And the interesting thing is that I'm going to show you is, um, you know, who's really running point on it. It's, uh, you know, hold on a second. Maybe we should, no, I'll tell you that later. How's that? We'll go to that later. So for now, let's just watch this report, listen to this report. 10,000 Trump supporters are expected to converge on D.C. on Inauguration Day. Washington is being turned into a fortress. 15,000 fully armed members of the National Guard called out to face them. More than 10,000 angry Trump supporters coming to the nation's capital, many of them armed. The U.S. Capitol building is like an armed camp with hundreds of National Guard stationed inside. They're even sleeping on the marble floors. There's a massive element who's seeking to disrupt this event, this democratic event. And everyone needs to be on guard. They're coming here to commit violence and to try to overthrow the lawfully elected government of the United States. There's tightened security at airports across America, especially for flights heading to Washington, D.C. There hasn't been this Wait, much- let's look at that tool's name again. Hold on. I just want to see that tool's name again. Tim Gallagher. Let's remember that name. You see it? Tim Gallagher, duly elected. That. Trump supporters are the ones that came in. All right. Demands that anyone involved in last week's rioting be placed on no-fly lists. You better run, cops! The FBI Bureau in Norfolk, Virginia, warned headquarters about last week's insurrection, quoting social media posts that said, go there ready for war. The president today urged his supporters not to resort to violence on January 20th, the day of Joe Biden's inauguration. The message was read on the floor of the House. Statement from the president. I urge that there must be no violence, no law breaking, no vandalism of any kind. This is not what I stand for. It's not what America stands for. I call on all Americans to help ease tensions and calm down. Disturbing new video shows the rioters running amok inside a congressional office. With indications the assault was coordinated. We need enough people. We need to push forward. A mystery woman with a megaphone takes over claiming to have a detailed floor plan. We're also learning the identities of more possible suspects, and they are shocking. This man, Cleet Keller, won the Olympic gold medal in 2004. This video shows him in the midst of the mob. He was identified by his U.S. swim team jacket and his height. At six foot six, he towered over everyone. He's facing federal charges. And a heartthrob contestant from the 2016 season of The Bachelorette says he was at the rally before the assault on the Capitol. You don't know me, but we'll probably go on some days. James McCoy Taylor says, I legally supported our president. 
a one-time candidate for mayor of Midland, Texas, has also been arrested by the FBI. Jenny Cudd boasted online about breaking into Nancy Pelosi's office. Uh, we did break down the um, Nancy Pelosi's office door. And Josiah Colt, seen dangling from the Senate balcony, has turned himself in after posting an apology. I deeply regret being at the Capitol. Aw, oh, man. So that's the narrative going that we're all the big bad guys, right? That all these people are the ones that are doing it. It is so bad. They're so, so bad. You know, it's in war zones that we've seen our soldiers lay on floors. But I want you to see something that happened last night that is very, very, very interesting. This was streamed 72 hours ago. I want you guys to pay attention to what is being said and done. This must be enormous all around you. Could be, but it never let me down. I mean, hey, wait, no uh, matter what the mission is. Yeah. And they do the dumb thing. Well, it didn't, didn't surprise me, but I mean, that's so that I think. That's the acting Secretary of Defense, Chris Miller. Performance was amazing. Hey, uh, uh, yeah, we're a fan of making the team safe, sir. What are you thinking for uh, going forward uh, next couple weeks? We appreciate all, we appreciate all of our external support. Hey, uh, by the way, uh, you just asked. You can get, okay, how long you been? Uh, Eleven years. How's it going? What about you? Very well, sir. 13 yeah. years. We're members years? of the band. What's that? The band. Members of the band. Oh, yeah. What do you play? I play bassoon and saxophone. No kidding. What about you? You know how they always say the band always, uh, their secondary mission is to guard the command post, right? It always is. Hello. How are you guys? What's up, man? I'm Chris Miller. Secretary of Defense. You guys want to shift uh, change? You can have my job. I'll take yours gladly. Thanks. So, you guys, hey, can I give you a coin? Absolutely. Yeah, just sell it. Sell it. Uh, you know, I'm not, isn't it amazing? How long have you been in the Guard? I've been in the Guard for about 13 years. What about you? 15. Isn't it just amazing the people that are in the best friends? You like that? So that was pretty interesting, wasn't it? So we have the Secretary of Defense, right, out there meeting them, reminding the band that their secondary post is to stand watch. And he hands out challenge coins. Now, having received challenge coins myself, you know, and those of you that have, you know, you get them in almost any agency. But I want you to think, what kind of challenge coin would they get from the Secretary of Defense standing watch? Ah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Now, Chris Miller is a very, very huh, American-loving man. 
and he knows everything that's going on. What you are not being told is because if too much light is shed, then it can all go pierce. It's like me trying to be sneaky, right? To kind of, you know, slip presence under the tree. The more I try to hide, the more I'm visible. Or if there's lights everywhere in the house, I'm going to get caught putting the present under the tree. So this is why I say it's very important to have faith and walk in faith, not in sight. No one should be demanding answers when the answers are right in front of you and nobody sees it. It's right there, right in front of you. On the 7th of January, 7th, the next day, I went out to dinner. I was invited to go out to dinner with um, the Steinbart Media Group. And they invited me. I walked across, uh, well, it was like around the corner from the Willard to uh, the W where we sat down. The funny thing is, I kid you not, I think I posted a picture of this. This is what was crazy. They were like, we're going to get wine. I was like, well, okay, you know. Uh, I'm not going anywhere, but I, I will only have a glass. And guess what the first wine was? Uh, from 2017, it was called Quantum with a big-ass Q in the middle, which was so weird. So weird. And this is at the W. And um, so we sat there, and when we came out, we were watching the treasury being built up, right? Like fences, like scaling fences, the stuff they have toward uh, Black Lives Matter uh, Plaza, these black, you know, non-scalable supposedly fences or whatever. I was like, damn, what are they, you know, building up for? Everyone that came here for the president is pretty much gone. I don't understand why they're building this up. It's not like there's going to be an inauguration with people because remember how much fun they had showing, you know, early photos of President Trump's inauguration being empty? Oh, and no one's going to go see Biden. <laughs> no one's going to see it. But, you know, they might make it seem so. And they might even, I mean, personas are built. If you saw, if you were watching carefully the American gods comparison, new gods, old gods, right? You saw that portion where Mr. Internet, Internet boy, you know, the soy one, could manifest personas into reality. This person doesn't exist.com. That's the simplest one. Wow. Who is in my head posting that? I just saw it fly through the chat. Totally in my head. So again, it's already being done and we're watching it all happen. Just like John Sullivan and James Sullivan, his brother, who, oh, by the way, as we've been fiddling around with the idea for over a year here on the Tory Says Show to incorporate a new party and we found someone that is willing to incorporate, I said, I will donate the first dollar. People were looking at a party called GAP, uh, Great American Party or something like that. Do you know who founded that? And the logo is, uh, the thing is the Great American Party, and it says stand in the GAP, G-A-P, for POTUS. It's James freaking Sullivan. James Sullivan, the asset of the brother of John Sullivan, who recorded all those, right? He created it. You know, Proud Boy X, his brother, his counterpart, created that party. 
So again, before you go and fill out your information, because they will come for you, you submit your dollar to anything. You have to make sure you know who's behind it. You don't want another MAGA coalition thing on your hands. Now do you? This is where people need to be more careful. We need to be very, very careful. Like, uh, you know, when I was talking about Ali Akbar, I was saying he's getting people to sign up from his website, right? Part, and you were signing up, giving him your personal information. Your personal information. Your banking info. All I need is a bank account and I can route and pull out everything. Social security number, address, your family members, what you last bought, where you've last been. It's, it's pretty insane the amount of information people provide. So always make sure that there's full transparency, not only, oh, on the website, the about place, but the actual articles of incorporation that you have a face name and it's not someone like James Sullivan. Speaking of face and name, I want to take you to a company. Let me show it to you. Because I tweeted about it a while back when I saw that they were uh, paid for a contract. So I've always told you that everything the government spends your money on or the money you don't have, right, because we're operating in debt, uh, they have to post, right? They have to post it. Well, here's a company called Show Call Security Services. Show Call Security Services has this DHS contract, and um, it was uh, funding only on the 11th of uh, December, and their order was task order for the 2021 inauguration. Now you can see the unique award ID. You can see the agency subcontracting. Subagency is U.S. Secret Service, awarding office U.S. Secret Service. Here's the thing. This company that got this uh, contract has a sister company. So what they, they do is they provide security for events. Now I'm going to try to see if I can go back a bit and I can show you how show call has been paid. Let me go from start date. Let's go for oldest, oldest, please. Okay. Hello. Okay. It's not doing it for me. So we'll just scroll. You'll see that they've been used for, for a while by many administrations, light, sound, Look, web streaming services, rental equipment, light sound, small purchases, light sound, broadcast equipment, concrete barriers. So they started in 2014. Um, perimeter assets, security equipment is where they've been spending your money. Um, <laughs> so the end date is the 24th. The end date is the 31st. The end date is the 6th of March for the inauguration. The 6th of March for the inauguration. You, you heard that, right? Can you see it? $7,723,638 awarded to them on the 23rd of um, November. Uh, the, 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 as you saw, they were paid um, in December. And it was, and their contract ends on the 6th of um of uh, March for the inauguration. But the anti-scale fencing ends in, on the 31st of January and concrete barriers end on the 24th of January. See, 
As I said, in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. So how do we pay attention? Well, we follow the money. I, I mean, that's like one of my oldest sayings for those of you that have been listening to me for a while. I always say follow the money. Well, I just wanted to tell you that the company that was uh, tasked for a few of these and delegated on a separate contract, a private contract, same company, but private contract, is called Checkmate. <laughs> and the Biden uh, campaign is paying for it, actually, which is so bizarre, right? So Biden's uh, inauguration ceremony is covered by a security company um, that, you know, our government has been paying a lot of money. Show call security services. But the division of show call called Checkmate is what they'll deploy there. Um, and they actually consider themselves pioneers or exceptional at temporary deployable security access to create hardened perimeters to stop vehicle-borne threats and attempted weapons handoffs of people who guess, get past checkpoints. That's so bizarre. Checkmate. So um, I thought I would bring that up to you so you can see, because I, you know, a lot of people are like, why are you tweeting things like that? We don't understand. You know, I get so many and I'm like, guys, not, not, not trying to be funny. But this is what I've been telling you to Google in, usaspending.gov. You don't have to wait for someone to show you. You can do it yourself. You don't need to sign up to all these channels. Not even me. Not even me. Don't even listen to me. I'm here to show you how to use the tools. But I have to show it to you. I have to show it to you because no one's looking at it themselves. They're taking what, you know, decoders and, you know, people that, you know, are supposedly anointed telling you that's the point i want to show you how to do this i want you to know how to do this this is how you catch them i'm not here to give you my commentary my commentary is on point i know because i already know everything so it's not fair me saying well listen to me because i know and i know right no I'm just here to show you the tools. So I'm hoping that you can take those tools and learn how to hold your government accountable. This website is open to you. You can Google any company you want. It will blow your mind just how much money they spend. But I wanted to show you this because I'm seeing all these people sending me messages. Well, what do you think about this? They say this. And so-and-so was talking about the fact that you agree that it's checkmate. And oh, we just did D5 move. I'm like, stop. This is what it means. Let me show you what it means. Here's where it is. People should, should just focus. This is a free account, usaspending.gov. That's the thing. That's the thing. When people are telling you, oh, this is going to happen, this. Well, show me why it's going to happen. Teach me. Why are you just throwing me food with my mouth open? Tell me how to get the food myself. You see, I get so many questions and it's so disheartening to see so many people falling into those when I'm here and I have been giving you my tools so that you can see it yourself.
because everything they do, they have to document everything. I mean, I talked about the German servers. I talked about the IP address. Boom, there's a damn contract on USA spending showcasing that here they are. This is the payment where we have the congressional knowledge database on there. I've, I've, I've given you those tools. We've just been so lazy with everyone just, you know, telling us what to do and guiding us the way it is. No one is paying attention anymore. The thing is, so many people are telling you this, that, that. They know that something's up. They know. Everybody does. Some of them are selling you hopium. I'm here telling you facts. And I'm showing you how you can see the facts. How things that I've been tweeting that are cryptic are not really cryptic. It's right there. It's right there. Three years. I've been giving you little bits. Follow the money. They'll pull their own pounds down. This is a freaking show and it's scripted because we've got everything we need. Surveillance isn't a one-way thing. It's a two-way thing. And if you're watching, we're watching. I think even the expose from the federal employees at the Zoom goes to show you that there's a lot of people actually watching. And out there and putting it out there. So many people are vested in titles and tiaras that people miss the facts. They miss the facts. Look, let me show you this website. Let me see if I can. It's called usaspending.gov, right? And you can find whatever you want in here, whatever you want. You can see who's getting paid what. Let's let's find a company. Um, let me see. I don't know. Have they paid CNN any money? Let's just see. I, I haven't checked. Cardinal Health, recipient name. Let's see. Turner Broadcasting, 300,000, 2012 subscriptions. So they pay for their subscriptions. So you see everything they pay for here. You know what? Here, let's do something fun. Um, what is that called? Um, anything for that? I mean, you could just go crazy on this. Oh, shit. There is. Interesting. Oh, uh, let's see. What do we have? Court reporter request. Fox Rothschild LLP. Uh, litigation support. Let's see for the biggest contract. Award total amount. $9 million to Rothschild Inc. Investment banking services. That's so interesting. Whoa, mind blown. Let's see what's there. Let's see. What did they pay them in 2008? Oh, so this is like the Obama stuff, right? Pretty sure it is. Let's go back to the contract. This is how you look at it. So here it is. $9.5 million to Rothschild given to this pension benefit. Okay, so they were doing pensions for that period of time. Change order. Let's see the agency that provided it. Pension benefits, pension benefits, parent award, place of performance. So it was the White House from 2007 to March 2012. Let's see. Any executive compensation? They didn't label it. Anybody compete? There were two different offers from two different areas. This is how you look at the stuff. And you see um, who gets what. This is your money they're spending. Okay? This is your money. Right? This is your money. So it's very easy for everyone 
to know what's going on. You don't need someone to sit there and analyze things. They're just analyzing from their perspective, almost the way, you know, looking glass works. You have a perspective. It is so hard for someone to be objective. It is very, very hard to be objective. Because we all have a point of view. We all have something to say. We all believe in different things. So we're all going to look at things differently. That's the beauty of it. This is why it is so hard for someone to foresee the future because they cannot remove themselves from the equation. They're part of it. So since they can't remove themselves from the equation and they're part of it, therefore they have a skewed perception. So again, Please don't ask me questions to condemn or applaud someone else. Use your own judgment. Use your own judgment. And here, like I've said, I'm here from day one to give you the tools because you need to pass those tools on to the next generation too. And that's really, really important. Really important. I can sit here and tell you everything. Word for word, second for second, day for day. I give you hints. When you're failing in focusing on your gut and your faith. But like I said, this is a year of disappointment. You will be very disappointed and more so in yourself for allowing this to happen. Because right now as we speak, a lot of you have been emailing, have been posting, have been commenting about other people. I don't care about other people and what they're telling you. I'm not here to spoon feed anyone and I'm not here to denounce or talk bad about anyone. I'm telling you, follow your gut and I'm going to give you the tools so you can find out how to get things done. The ultimate act of love is giving someone knowledge. Knowledge. No matter what you give them, full knowledge. That's to give them the evil and the good so that way they know how to select things. So on that note, let's take a break so I can get some coffee. And I'm going to play another song uh, that I kind of like. I heard it today accidentally. And I want you to remember, you're not the underdog. They are. So while you fill up those coffee cups and enjoy the music, take a think of that. Reconcile with that. They're the underdogs, not you. You are the people in power. That's the way it goes. We are unstoppable. Okay, so I just noticed that Tori Says News is also disallowed from uploading video or streaming. I got my first community strike on that one. Kind of helps being a time traveler because I can foresee these things, right? Don't let anyone tell you that you're the underdog. We have won. And I say this with so much conviction that it irritates people that don't see it. And I'm okay with that. Because in the end, you'll see. Back in... um, In February of last year, I tweeted out, you know, this time next year, it's going to be cray-cray. I didn't save that tweet. I'm upset. This time this year, it's going to be cray-cray because SCOTUSgate, man. SCOTUSgate, man. That's going to be crazy. But I also said, between February 21st and 23rd, you're going to see that everything is going to be just fine just fine. And I say that with ultimate conviction. You're going to see at that point, you're going to breathe. It's kind of like you're going to be suffocating until then. The fake news, the silencing, the turmoil, the unrest. You will be so disappointed in people 
that you have invested in. It's not even funny. You will see evil thrashing like a fish out of water. But that's when you're going to get your breath. That gasp, if any of you have swum, you know, and dived underwater, where you have that gasp of air that comes up and you're just like, oh, that feels so good. I, you break the surface of the water and, and you can breathe again. That's how it's going to feel. I'm telling you, that's how it's going to feel. So I, I dug up some of those tweets, you know, I feel so dumb that I didn't archive my tweet words one. So dumb. But I think it's better like that, right? So can you see the United, 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 United? Huh? What is Biden's supposed message? United America. You see it? This is how they get their talking points. Here's that tweet. A tweet that I was talking about. February 6, 2020. I was telling you, if you think that Spygate and Pfizergate was a big deal, you have no idea how freaking huge Scotusgate is. You have no idea how huge it is. No idea. That's nothing. Okay, who did this? Who did this? <laughs> who did this? I'm sorry. I'm just going to go through my Twitter feed for a second. Mm. Check out the front page banner headline on Wednesday morning. Election officials nationwide find no fraud. But the woman that they outed in Texas, whoop, was just arrested yesterday. Sounds like some stuff is going down, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Look at Twitter's public policy. Earlier this week, in close coordination with our peers, we suspended a number of accounts targeting the election of Uganda. Well, the election's over in America, and you deleted thousands of Americans that actually were having conversation on a public platform. Pretty interesting. Election meddling. Oh, yeah, that's what's up. And here's a note from us talking together. Some people are going to try and storm the Capitol. This is what I was saying when I was like, I don't know if people should go down there. Damn it, but the president said so. You know, people say this. The Trump wins. He needs to use his powers as president prior to January 20th to set up a free and fair election. Yes, he should. But you know what? There were so many plans. We could just do as much as we can. Ah, oh, the declassification. Well, you know, you're going to see how it goes, guys. You're going to see. You're going to see how it goes. And, oh, you know what? Before I leave my Twitter page, Emerald Robinson tweets, Dear Christians, you know that persecution is coming because the censorship is already here. Prepare accordingly. Now, if you remember from our discussion in the first hour where we were talking about American gods and how they showcase Jesus separately, as if he didn't belong to any of the gods, but maybe he was boring or maybe this. The one thing that people have been prosecuted, persecuted more than anything on this planet is Christianity. And one saying that that Zeus Odin guy Wednesday on the show said that ideas are dangerous. Do you remember when they crucified Jesus, what they said? Ideas are dangerous. People are easy to kill. Ideas are dangerous. Ideas. Ideas. Movements are dangerous. But he also said, it's not hard to kill them. It's not hard to kill ideas. But you've got to have overwhelming power to do so. Overwhelming power to do so. So throughout the past 2,000 years, this young God, you know, as the show claim, has stood the test of time with its people being 
persecuted across the planet, has stood the test of time of kingdoms and empires rising and falling beneath their feet and always kneeling to him. You have to remember that. I want you to remember that. There is nothing they can do to stop what's coming. Absolutely nothing. And everything they do to mitigate is simply amplifying what needs to be done. There's an inspirational speech that I've played before, but someone sent me. And I want you guys to listen to it because I'm going to, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm going to tell you something. Millie Weaver has something in regards to this gentleman that I know she's going to be releasing soon that'll blow your mind. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable. And we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high cost and hardships as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait. But this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. The flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. There's only one word to describe the picture here, and that's grief. 
What was it that moved this nation so much? Its youth, grace, beauty, hope, promise. As history goes on, it will stay a very prominent part of its history. It's never going to fade. It is never going to fade. Now, I have told you many times again, myths and gods and everything always come and go. And I've also told you that it was after the Spanish flu in the 20s, well, actually with the, with the creation of the Federal Reserve, that everything changed. What did JFK say? Ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Well, I'm going to show you a woman. A woman that was the beacon of hope, a goddess, as one may say, of the United States of America that everyone has forgotten, that led the charge up until after World War I, when Uncle Sam came into the picture. Here's what people need to remember, real history, to remind you of how they use your hopes, your dreams, and your icons and morph them into what they want you to remember and stand by. I'm sure a lot of you have never heard of this woman. Here we go. July, easily one of my top 10 favorite holidays. A day for fireworks, hot dogs, parades, and Columbia. An American goddess, a symbol that has long faded from our memory, even though you can still see ripples of her impact throughout American culture today. From our clothing lines to our movie studios and even our superheroes and video games. But who is Columbia? Where did she come from? And how did she die? Part one, the goddesses who ruled the world. In fact, Columbia is the personification of America. This was during a time when every nation had their own goddesses. The trident-wielding Britannia, the sword-carrying Germania, and Marianne from France. The idea of the goddesses came from Rome, who deified everything from war to thunder. If they were around today, would social media be a god or a goddess? Well, the Romans, who by the way borrowed this idea from the Greeks, even had their own goddess of Rome named Roma. When the Romans conquered Britain, they created the god known as Britannia. Everywhere they conquered, it came with the package deal of a warrior goddess. Much like today, where we obsess over the past, Americans loved the old Roman culture. They believed you were not a real nation if you didn't have a goddess, and America wanted to look like a real nation. First found during the 1730s in the Gentleman's Magazine, we took the name from a person credited for finding America, Christopher Columbus, and slapped on an IA at the end to make it sound Latin, which sealed the deal. But the way we knew her as a mythical figure did not occur until much later during a war that defined America, the Revolutionary War. Columbia was still mentioned throughout poetry, but in 1776, the same year the Declaration of Independence was signed, Columbia became a goddess. Part two, how a goddess is born. In so let me just say something. Let me just go back to that screen. So if you see, there were signatures, right? And I've told you this story many, many times again. The same year, the Declaration... That there was one woman's signature on that John Hancock. One woman. One woman. The of Independence was signed. Columbia became a goddess. Part two, how a goddess is born. In 1775, during the revolution, while Britain was winning the war, 
General George Washington read a poem dedicated to him titled, To His Excellency George Washington, a poem about freedom, mainly freedom from England and its tyranny from King George III. More importantly, it was actually written by an African slave, Phyllis Wheatley, and her poem was published for all to read. It was an instant hit. Columbia, the goddess of freedom, liberty, protection, became the goddess we once knew. Columbia was seen everywhere. Political comics, paintings, cities, ships, and even songs. In fact, up until 1931, the national anthem of the United States was actually titled Hail Columbia. Artists displayed her wearing white for purity or red, white, and blue for the American flag, a Phrygian cap, and sometimes a sword and shield, which may seem familiar to superhero fans. The history of the Phrygian cap is really interesting and worth looking into if you have some time. Little girls would dress as her for 4th of July, and there were even official guides on how to cosplay as Miss Columbia. Her imagery grew through time, and even during the American Civil War, both sides would cry out, Give them hail, Columbia! as they charged into battle. This was around the time when a relative of Columbia appeared, and her spotlight began to fade. Let me introduce you to Uncle Sam. Or, part three, how to kill a goddess. Uncle Sam is mostly known today as the personification of America, but at first he was representing only the American government. Columbia and Uncle Sam often shared the spotlight, with artists showing the differences between the state of the government and Columbia being the state of its people. But it was after World War I when Columbia became an icon of the past, even though she was on every poster leading up to the war. In 1931, after the war, the Star-Spangled Banner replaced Hail Columbia as the national anthem. The way Americans saw their country had changed, Columbia was slowly becoming a symbol of the past. As World War II came around, Uncle Sam was alone with his posters calling Americans to fight, and Columbia was completely gone. Americans saw themselves as a powerhouse, and Uncle Sam was that powerhouse always ready to take charge. But Uncle Sam was not the only one to replace Columbia. It was Columbia's twin sister, Lady Liberty, who also had that honor. Others actually believe Lady Liberty is Columbia and lives on through the new Colossus. Today, when cartoonists draw America, they are shown by Lady Liberty and Uncle Sam. In the end, it was a combination of a changed time and new values and ideals replacing the old. Even though she faded, her legacy still lives on, especially in America's capital, Washington, D.C., also known as the District of Columbia. Epilogue. I love the idea of Columbia, and especially what she represented for us as a people. In a way, she was our voice, but most importantly, she was a symbol that we all stood together. Today, when I look at political cartoons, I mostly see new icons that represent the United States, and it's not Lady Liberty or Uncle Sam. The donkey and the elephant are two sides, are two choices. I would love to view America as one side, one choice an America that stands together. It's worth noting that even when our country was most divided during the Civil War, the North and the South still cried out for Columbia, which brought us together again. I would love to see a United States of America again, much like it was when our goddess watched over us. She was a symbol of peace, freedom, a protector, and a warrior. Happy Fourth of July, everyone. It's her day after all. Networking Maverick out. So how many of you knew that history? How many of you knew that while there was a woman who was protecting and slaying and inspiring and educating, you know, the job of Columbia was to inspire and spark fires into the warriors to want to serve the nation. Boats are named after females. Countries are named after females. This is it. Every single empire has always had a female at the top. 
as the mother that embraces and loves. But did you see that Uncle Sam came in demanding that you serve him, demanding that you serve your country and focus on him, a more fierce character that people needed. Why? Because he was appearing after everything was lost and re, re, coming right back. And one of you actually noticed her twin sister, Lady Liberty. What have I said? District of Columbia was called District of Columbia because of her, because of the inspiration she had of freedom, love, and knowledge. I'm just saying. History tells you everything you need to know if you're paying attention. That's the key. People don't ask questions. Why was it called the District of Columbia? Who is Columbia? There was a Britannia. There was this. And like she said, if you actually look into um, the Phrygian cap, it actually comes back from BC times, right, of Greece, where Phrygians were actually heroes. And the heroes were, would wear a Phrygian cap. And, you know, the ones that actually went into Troy with the, with the, with the um, wooden horse wore Phrygian caps. So it was a helmet, right? Phrygian helmets. Come on, guys. Everything is right in front of you. We just don't pay attention. Kind of like when I said when I was in, uh, in college, how, you know, they would just tell me, well, you know, the plants just migrated. And it's like, okay, stuff like that just doesn't happen. One day, algae doesn't decide, you know what? I'm leaving the ocean and going on to earth to evolve, right? That's not how it happens. There's always something that pushes change. And I've said this before. Before the ink was dry and that document was in those female hands, boy, did that woman weep because they were already conspiring against that very document that was signed. This is a very important history lesson so we can understand how things change and how they kill ideas, right? Sometimes they'll martyr an idea. Colombia was replaced. See, and this is the change that they brought to us. They change your feelings of things. They change everything you feel about things. Praetorians guard the leaders, not the people. It's important to know that. So as you can see, there has been a lot of change. There has been a lot of hijacking and there has been a lot of forgetting. We forgot how, <sighs> I want to say it so, I want to be so mean right now, but I just noticed like on iTunes that every time I cuss, they put an E next to that episode. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut. There's a video that I want to show you. Um, hold on. Let me get it up. This is a video about um, the infiltrators and how they work. You'll be very surprised to see how this works. You're going to see John Sullivan in another light right now. It's going to totally freak you out. It's going to totally freak you out. Everyone should ask Uber 
if this is what they support. Uber, wait. Like I said, nothing can stop what's coming. And in the end, I have been telling you who I am, but no one else has, have they? Here's a video that I think, you know, Counterpart did a really good job on this. Take a, take a listen slash watch. For those of you that are listening, this is actually an Uber commercial. There's no other time in my life I will be able to do this again. Dream is to be world champion. Five hundred and John Sullivan in the outer. On the inner lane on the last race, if you start on the inner, you'll now be moved to the outer, and you'll be paired with the next fastest skater who had the opposite lane. So we're going to see in reverse order finishing today. An Olympic athlete will tell you you can't put a price tag on the Olympic experience. Every single day, six hours a day, I wouldn't be able to do that. It's just not possible. Uber allows me that flexibility to spend more time on the ice. I am John Sullivan. I'm a world-class speed skater, and I drive with Uber. You can take off with the goodness of new Gogurt strawberry yogurt. Get ready to launch into fun with the power of milk and your McDonald's Happy Meal. The Secret Service called me about a week ago due to a speech I gave in Washington, D.C. on the March on Washington. My name is John Sullivan. I'm from Salt Lake City, Utah. My group is Insurgents USA. We're about to burn this shit down. Fuck this shit. We got fucking Rick Trump out of that office right over there. Fuck, pull him out that shit. Nah, nah, we ain't about fucking until the next election. We about to go get that mother. Um, and if you really want to play with some shit, guys, I got the, I got the Chud Killer. I got the Nazi Hunter. I got the, I got, it's ready. It's on deck, bro. You want to, you want to come face me? Let's go. Especially since now I'm back home. I'm not quite sure how long, but I know I'll be here until at least Christmas. I lost my job. Like, shoot, I lost my job two weeks ago. And so I'm currently unemployed, seeking for new employment. So wherever I find a new job, I might move there and might not be here in Salt Lake City. I never would have imagined that we would be here. I feel like we would be here. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. I was trying to tell you. I, I couldn't say much. You were right. You just have to watch my channel. Oh my God. Is this not going to be the best film you've ever made in your life? Oh, you got to give me a real kiss for that shit. Hell yeah. Hell yeah? Hell yeah. Wait, you weren't recording, were you? I'll delete that shit. But I didn't record you or me. It was just this. Two people who were there joining us now, Dr. Murray, filmmaker uh, Jade Sacker and left-wing activist John Sullivan. Uh, John, you filmed this moment on, on your phone. Just can you describe what happened? Yeah, so uh, basically all the, the protesters kind of stormed to get into the chamber. We tried to get into like uh, the main entrance. John Sullivan and Jade Sacker documenting the riot saw it all happen. She was one person in an, a huge mass of people trying to break through. The second that she climbed through the window, she got shot. What's the floor plan? What's the floor plan? Go to the right. People should probably coordinate together if you're going to take this building. Well, we got another window to break. We need to get it out. 
Tell me what you're doing. Just give me some give me some narrative. Everybody feel like that. That's all I gotta say. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year It's the happiest season of all Anything you want to say on his behalf? He's a fine man. And thank you, Mr. Trump, for inviting a ride at the, at the White House. And you're his grandmother? I'm his grandmother. Look who they caught and released, guys. Did you see that? Look who they caught and released. And he's selling all of these. Look who they caught and released. And they had him on TV. Obviously, I have this video unlisted, so that way I don't get banned. Again, I will upload it on Twitch and DLive as an upload, so you guys can take care and share. So that's the way it is. What you're seeing is a movie. Almost everybody and their mother, a damn actor. This person doesn't exist.com or does. You see? how they operate do you see how they work mhm mm mhm mm mhm mm that's what's up now moving along to Lou Dobbs yesterday where he was just you know gobsmacked about the impeachment and i make him right i mean what are they doing it's great for us while all of you are saying this is ridiculous this shouldn't happen i'm like yeah, yeah bring well, it on now that isn't what they i'm like bring it on Look how crazy and insane they look. Apparently, you won. Why are you out there fighting him? Apparently, you won. Why are there riots being organized? Guess what? We're in every single one of those places. We have sock puppets everywhere. And it's not just the people you know of that I tell you of, which is us, my counterpart. There are more. Because, huh, surveillance goes both ways. And people need to understand that. Surveillance goes both ways. And we can infiltrate better than they can. Because what we can do is better for one reason. Because we're doing it with love in our hearts. We're doing it for all the right reasons. And this is why everything comes in. So everything that they've used and created for evil will smack them right in the face. What did the president say? Huh? 25th Amendment isn't going to do anything to me. It'll come and haunt Joe Biden. So let's just listen a little bit to what Lou Dobbs have to say. Oh, uh, you know what? Actually, let's listen to our president. He spoke to us yesterday. I want you guys to listen to what our president had to say to us yesterday. And I want you to listen, not hear, listen very, very carefully. Because this 
tells you everything you need to know. Americans, I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You're attacking it and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, we have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. It must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat or a Republican, there is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. There has been reporting that additional demonstrations are being planned in the coming days, both here in Washington and across the country. I have been briefed by the U.S. Secret Service on the potential threats. Every American deserves to have their voice heard in a respectful and peaceful way. That is your First Amendment right. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. I want to thank the hundreds of millions of incredible American citizens who have responded to this moment with calm, moderation, and grace. We will get through this challenge just like we always do. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech we have seen in recent days.
These are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist our fellow citizens are wrong and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. All of us can choose by our actions to rise above the rancor and find common ground and shared purpose. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, defeating the pandemic, rebuilding the economy, protecting our national security, and upholding the rule of law. Today, I am calling on all Americans to overcome the passions of the moment and join together as one American people. Let us choose to move forward united for the good of our families, our communities, and our country. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Interesting. I think we should play this song now. I really do. For those of you that haven't heard it, let's do it. You ready? There's lyrics, so you'll probably be able to um, read along. Oh, my God. 
So this was the national anthem of the United States of America between 1789 and 1931. What did you think of that? That was our national anthem before it was changed as the Federal Reserve came in, Social Security was implemented, and we were supposed to serve Uncle Sam. And because that didn't work much, they brought on Lady Liberty and made her the twin. It's really important in history. I've said that. Hail Columbia song. Hail Columbia song. I think we need to make it a comeback. Maybe I'll ask my counterpart to put a video together. It's very interesting how the past tells us everything about our future and how we can see how all of it was laid out to us now in retrospect, but we're not paying attention because we were in the thick of it. It's kind of like walking in the woods. You don't know that you're in the woods. You just think, you know, you could be in the woods but not know how big it is or that it's woods in itself until you see it from the moon and you see this dense forest and you're just like, what happened? So this is why we've just not been paying attention because we were comfortable. They use that. So as I said in my first show, I'm here to guide you. I'm here to give you tools so that you can see exactly what's going on and how it's going on. That way in the future, after we overcome this, this never happens again. And as the president said, there are many people now being blacklisted. I have friends that had clients leave them, contracts not renewed. This is how they work. This Gestapo era, this is how they work. He told me, but look, they're being dishonest. And this is the point about Parler. This of is course the point about Facebook and Google. And when you're dishonest and you're a publicly traded company, the Securities Exchange Commission should be investigating you. The Federal Trade Commission should be investigating you. Oh my gosh, you. my head 230 is doesn't protect you We've got from engaging in business wait fraud. Wait a minute, Tom. Tom, I, 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 gotta, I, I agree with you right up to the point where another investigation, that's what this country needs. What we need are leaders who will stand up and stop this nonsense. Uh, there is no excuse for corporate America reflexively of bending to its worst impulses, stifling dissent, targeting uh, ideologically uh, their, uh, if you will, uh, dissidents in this country, uh, as far as they're concerned. Look what's happening here. This is the left in Joe Biden's America. He said he wanted to heal people and within 24 hours was out there in bone crushing fashion trying to divide us even further. Nancy Pelosi, she looked venomous. She looked, I, I think, evil. Uh, she's talking to Leslie Stahl as she is uh, spewing that nonsense about impeaching the president. Don't they understand Americans remember that this president was under investigation for absolutely no reason as a candidate because of Hillary Clinton's uh, fiction that was then peddled into the FBI? Don't they remember the absolutely hollow special counsel and in, uh, investigation that was baseless and led to his exoneration? And they look, they, the radical Dems, look further just like fools and nasty fools at that. Uh, then the that ridiculous impeachment inquiry. This president has been under their so-called investigation, uh, their efforts to block his agenda, to overthrow his presidency for more than four years, and now it continues, and do so without shame. And the national left-wing media, 
uh, and corporate America really stand there as if this is the first instance in which this president has been attacked by the radical left in this country. Shame on corporate America, shame on all of these uh, these people who are running these corporations without any regard for principle or honesty or decency. Yeah, and of course the corporations know who's going to be buttering the bread over the next four years and they're um, uh, they're acting in a way to get on the good side of the Biden administration. And it used to be the media would point that out for us. Instead, you have the media uh, yeah. inserting editorial comments, baselessly accusing the president of incitement when there is no evidence he incited anyone to do anything like what yeah. happened up on Capitol well, be, Hill. This was a permitted to march. To be clear, he, that he, did, was he did the opposite. Tom, <laughs> it's, it's important that we point this out. This left-wing narrative that has taken hold and seized the psyches of the left in corporate America, in particular Silicon Valley and social media, he did the exact opposite. He called for peaceful demonstration and protest. And by the way, that's a right of every single person who was there. What happened? What happened is the responsibility of those who invaded that Capitol building, and they should be held accountable and prosecuted uh, for the, the shameless, unlawful acts that they committed. Tom Fenton will be back with us here later in the broadcast, joining our all-star panel. Tom, thanks for being with us, and we'll talk to you later. Up next, John Brennan calls for president's supporters to be publicly shamed. What separation from him and any other Maoist? We take it up after the break. Investigative journalist Sarah Carter joins us here next. Please stay with us. Breaking news and uh, corporate America has, as I said, seemingly lost its mind. Hope it's just for the moment. Verizon is the latest to align with the radical left and their narrative. Verizon saying they will suspend contributions to any member of Congress who voted in favor of objecting to election results. Any member. And former CIA Director John Brennan is calling on President Trump supporters to publicly denounce the president and denounce, of course, the administration's agenda. Brennan tweeted this in part, total denunciation of a despot's legacy is necessary to eradicate any remaining malignancy. Brennan has gone full tilt Maoist. Joining us now, Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, Fox Business contributor, and great to see you, Sarah. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Brennan, Thank you, let's start with even the suggestion that he, uh, how does he implement that? I mean, will he have his, uh, will he have brown shirts uh, in the streets uh, <laughs> knocking on doors? What is the, uh, what is the template for Brennan's uh, brilliant idea? I think we live in terrifying times, Lou, and I'm not over-exaggerating this. I've talked to people who are terrified of speaking on the telephone. Uh, they don't even know if they should talk on signal. They don't know if the FBI is listening to them or these agencies that they... Okay, stop one second. Let me tell you something. So I've told you this before. Brennan and Clapper are going to perp. I'm telling you this as a fact, and I'm putting everything on. I've not been wrong. Everyone can claim about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but you're going to find out later on in 2021 about that. If you remember, my 2018 show told you we might be pulling the plug in 2019. What happened in 2019? They accidentally flashed the card that she was dead in 2019. And then they just, oh, that was a mistake, right? 
So I, I just saying that's the only thing that I have not been timely on. And I did know Labor Day about bar after Labor Day leaving. Though an event happened, again, like I said, we have backup plans to backup plans to backup plans. Every single person that is fighting this good fight doesn't even know the other one exists. Some of those came together in November in Washington, D.C. Said, whoa, I didn't, hey, how are you? Whatever. And, <laughs> but you have no idea how many people are fighting that you don't see. People you will never know about. Again, some of them have been propelled into the public without wanting to be in the public for reasons of safety. But sometimes, you know, he has a bigger plan. And we just have to take it in stride. What is it that we hear? It's, it's not the destination, but the journey, right? What Sarah Carter is saying right now is people are terrified about talking positively about the president and talking against the government. Of course, they're concerned. Signal, Jack Dorsey is in on that too. When people use Signal, I'm like, you're so dumb. He owns it. Like, come on. They're listening to everything you say. But we're also listening to everything they say. So as I watch her still there, I, I know exactly what, uh, not, I'm not. Look, the bottom line is we all know where we sit in our own domain, in ourself, what our gut tells us. And for them to be pushing forward this fear that if you lift your head, it will be chopped off adds to it. This is a psyop too. Because normally what a good person would say is, I don't care if you're listening. I don't care if you're watching. Because guess what? Behind me are the, another freaking 119,999,999 people. Because we're 120 million strong. We do not live in a nation where we fear to express our grievances in private or public. This is a nation of liberty. This is a nation that prides itself, itself on promoting freedom. So when they say things that are true, these are direct threats. This is weaponizing fear and aiding them. You understand? This is not something that anyone should be pushing his fear and stating that they're fearful. You should have no fear. Because if God is with us, who can be against us? Absolutely nobody. But the fear is there. And they're telling you that, reinforcing that fear. Listen. They believe have been weaponized against the American people are now working against them. Uh, and you see someone, a former head of the FBI, the director of the Central Intelligence Agency, calling 74 plus million Americans a malignancy, calling them a malignancy. Mm -hmm. The danger that this poses to our nation 
is great. And it's not just John Brennan. You had these people, his associates, like James Comey, like James Clapper, the former head of the DNI, spreading malicious lies and rumors about Donald Trump and people in his administration for over four years. And they used the media and their allies in the media to do it. Like Jeff Bezos, who owns the Washington Post, like Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook with Mark Zuckerberg. And there's no place for people to talk now. Now they're taking away our voice. Now they want to shut everyone down. Mm -hmm. Think about this. They're gonna shut off communications, right? That's the first step. Then they dehumanize anybody associated with President Trump and spread lies about them. That's what you do to an enemy. That's not what you do to the American people. Uh, well said, and I have to say, Sarah, Jessica Hurd is the new, um, well, the new uh, <laughs> White House staff director. Uh, her previous job was director of Facebook's regulatory uh, scheme, and NSA spokeswoman Emily Horn, the former head of global policy communications for one of your favorite companies, Twitter. <laughs> I, I mean, right? this is uh, this is Silicon Valley. Big tech, social media getting greater and greater power in the Biden administration. Uh, it tells us the direction that uh, he will be New going guys. in, doesn't it? Oh, it does. And it shows you how feckless so many lawmakers were on the left and on the right, both of them. They didn't care about the American people. They cared about lining their pockets. They cared about their own agenda. You are 100% right, Lou. This is a problem that is in our Congress. We have to vote these people out of office. They do not care about the American people. And also the Department of Justice. Where was the Department of Justice for the last four years when people, bureaucrats from the Obama administration, violated the law, broke the law over and over again, spying on American citizens, unmasking Americans. Nothing was done. Even when people like John Brennan lied right. before Congress or James Clapper lied before Congress, they weren't held accountable. Who was held accountable? Roger Stone. Yeah. Roger Stone. When these people that are in high positions of power are now so. going to regain those positions of power to target Americans again. It's a very tough lesson for Republicans and yes. a very tough lesson for the citizens who, well, who put those, those Republicans in office. Sarah Carter, we'll see you later in the broadcast as well. Thank you, Sarah. Appreciate it. Up next, today, after Amazon Web Services de-platform Parler, Parler sued Amazon for breaching a contract stating, quote, AWS's decision to effectively terminate Parler's account is apparently motivated by political animus. It is also apparently designed to reduce competition in the micro-blogging services market to the benefit of Twitter. Our next guest is the founder and CEO of a social media platform that does not censor free speech and does not sell people's data. It is called CloudHub. And in the past couple of days, some 800,000 new people have joined the platform. Joining us now is Jeff Brain. He is the CEO of the Cloud Hub, and uh, we're glad to have you with us, Jeff. Uh, this, is, uh, this is an outright, it seems to me, effort on the part of big tech to shut down competition. I can't imagine Parler having a better claim uh, for antitrust than its case against uh, Amazon. Uh, this is really ugly, what we are seeing right now from big tech, from Silicon Valley. Uh, your thoughts? 
Well, absolutely. You know, big tech is putting their thumb on the political scale, right? We're seeing it over and over again. I was talking to General Flynn on Friday. He mentioned that 4.5 million conservatives were removed from Twitter that day. It's just unconscionable. It's Americans need to wake up at what's happening. It's not just going to be against the conservatives. Eventually, it'll be against the left as well. And one of the things driving this, it seems to me, and I'd like to get your view on it, is Parler does not sell uh, its users' data like Twitter does, uh, like Facebook does. Uh, you also don't data mine. You are a, a you saw yourself a people's uh, site. Uh, this is really a, a battle for survival here because, uh, frankly, the uh, the way in which we're watching Google operate, uh, watching Twitter, uh, it, there is no no wall against invading everyone's privacy. You're absolutely correct. You know, big tech has lost its way. They started out with the best of intentions, but over time, they've been intrusive, invading our privacy. They've become unhealthy. It's divisive. And what you're seeing is a second generation of social media platforms coming along, doing it differently. And that's what we see with competition generally, right? We, we address the issues or concerns of people about the prior generation. So free speech, privacy, and health are big issues, as well as you know, most social media platforms are about, look at me, I got this many likes and followers. And, and what we're doing, you know, with Cloud Hub is giving people a platform with lots of tools where they can connect, collaborate, and take action on the issues they care about. And are you concerned, as we're sitting here talking today, about the actions of the, of the biggest companies uh, in uh, big technology and social media? Are you worried that Amazon, uh, I don't know if you're on Amazon AWS, uh, I do know that you're, uh, are you not on Apple as well as Google, their app stores? Sure, we all have to be on those Apple correct? you know, and Android stores, you're correct. And, and uh, you know, we, we were subjected to censorship by IBM actually earlier in, in, in November when they took down a number of our channels, they host our video channels. Um, so we're well aware of the threat. Uh, we, on our platform, use robust monitoring. That's one of the hardest things about a platform is monitoring the behavior on it. But we are very aggressive on that. The, the, uh, do you think that the, if you don't, I mean, do you, are they effectively in charge of what you can put on your site? No, they're not. Uh, they do have uh, clause typically in their uh, terms and conditions that if there is something objectionable that we would take it down in 24 hours. Uh, we don't allow hate on our platform. We don't allow violence. So we're not facing some of the issues people face uh, with other platforms. We use AI to keep our platform interaction uh, really positive and have a civil discourse on our platform. And Parler, of course, uh, uses basically a community standard and lets the community decide. Uh, it, it is a very difficult balance. But the idea that these giant tech firms are deciding what you and I and everyone else uh, can say, what we can read, what we can see, is is an outrage. Do you remember when Google first, you know, it was a very popular expression. They claimed their first uh, tenant uh, as, a, as an organization was first do no evil. Do you remember right. that? I right do now, Silicon that, yeah. Valley is doing lots, lots of evil. Uh, and it's how far we've come. What is the solution here, Jeff? Do you have one? 
The solution is to support alternatives like CloudHub, like Parler, like MeWe, and others. Really, that's the answer. It's been the answer historically. When when uh, you know when we had big tobacco, right, and 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 people spoke up. You know, what if big tech was there then? Would they be shutting down our concerns about cancer? Right. <laughs> it's the same thing today. You know, right. they're 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 limiting what we can talk about, and then they're limiting what side of the issue we can talk about. Uh, it's hard to believe we're living in America. Uh, people need to wake up and yeah. speak up. I have never heard in my entire life so many Americans, so many Americans expressing fear, uh, whether uh, in whatever form over this past weekend. I mean, Americans are truly afraid of what we are becoming and becoming rather rapidly. Jeff Rain, thanks for being with us. We hope you'll come back as uh, the story is sure to continue uh, and remain prominent. Up next, the transformative agenda of Joe Biden Breaking news and uh, corporate America has, as I said, seemingly lost its mind. Let's hope it's just for the moment. Verizon is the latest to align with the radical left and their narrative. Verizon saying they will suspend contributions to any member of Congress who voted in favor of objecting to election results. Any member. And former CIA Director John Brennan is calling on President Trump supporters to publicly denounce the president and uh, denounce, of course, the administration's agenda. Brennan tweeted this in part, total denunciation of a despot's legacy is necessary to eradicate any remaining malignancy. Brennan has gone full tilt Maoist. Joining us now, Sarah Carter, investigative reporter, Fox Business contributor, and great to see you, Sarah. Thanks for being with us. Uh, Brennan, Thank you, let's start with even the suggestion that he... So this is... Uh, a, how does he is, implement that? I mean, a, will he... This is a mishmash of the fear. The fear that you should all fear, right? <laughs> you should fear them because you're going to be denounced. You're going to be put in a corner in a gulag. Well, that's okay. We're good with gulags. So... Um, for those of you asking as well, Gab. Gab, Gab, Gab is bringing live streaming. So they're busy, busy, busy. And, you know, I haven't figured out how to work the Gab TV because we've got browser wars. So I'm trying to find the lightest client to help me work with it. I've been on Gab since 2017. Uh, I knew their importance when they started. Um, my account is verified, so any other account is not. I've actually dropped my CloudHub link because I'm already there. I'm in a lot of these alternative media platforms. Uh, like I said, I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, with my name and with others, but usually with my name, I share. I don't need you knowing what my cover is, um, but I'm on Gab. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty awesome, and they announced two hours ago that they're going to be doing live streaming. So I guess we're not going anywhere for a very long time. They own their own servers. And you know, Andy Torba, who is the CEO of Gab, is a very strong individual. He was harassed. He was put in the corner. He was told a lot of things. Yet he's got cojones. Look what he posted. During college, Cooper spent two summers as an intern at the Central Intelligence Agency while studying political science. He pursued journalism with no formal journalistic education and is a self-proclaimed news junkie. Oh, you mean he's an asset? We know this, don't we? We know this, don't we? Now, 
Bezos hasn't removed the president or other people from Twitch. And that's because he doesn't want to shoot himself in the foot. There are a lot of federal contracts he has carrying, uh, you know, servers. Remember, there was a huge debacle. So I want you to understand that, you know, he's not a stupid businessman. He was never stupid, isn't stupid, and that's the way it is. So when you see him doing things differently, right, you have to understand that um, something's up, pretty much. Something is definitely up if he's not pushing the censorship like he should. Now, using his platform, they could just make the code completely different and difficult for anyone that does not abide by their rules and regulations to be bounced off. I, I told you about Parler a year ago, a month ago. I signed up with them in 2018. Like I said, I'm everywhere. If you look hard enough, you can find me with my name and my face. I'm everywhere. So, and, and that's key because then they can't shut you up. It's, it's very difficult for someone to, um, to shut you up. Now, <sighs> there's a big problem with getting on Gab, and that's probably because they're expanding like crazy. Everyone's understanding the most solid platform is Gab right now. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's becoming very, very interesting on the browser wars and how they're trying to control it, but they can't. So Cloudflare uh, has removed the ability to access the website um, from different browsers. Uh, it's it's just it's incredible to watch the censorship. It's very incredible. But uh, I believe Andrew Torba's got this, and there's nothing he can't do. I mean, he sustained his company for three years when all they did was tell the world how everyone on there is you know, a racist, a white supremacist. So uh, they're down and they're going to be back up. Uh, again, independent people working really, really hard. He was way ahead of his game and understood um, how things are being played. And this is why he ensured to do it. Um, I wanted to show you, okay, I did show you the Gab thing. On Gab, my username is Tori underscore says I'm a verified account. So that's me. Um, the last thing that I wanted to leave you with is free speech discussion. I've said this many, many times. Free speech is very messy and dirty because you have to be able to have ears for all. But now here's the radical left, those new gods that are freaking out about it too. And I wanted to play this uh, sound clip for you, which is quite interesting. About how we reign in our media environment so that you can't just spew disinformation and misinformation. It's one thing to have differing opinions, but um, it's another thing entirely to just say things that are false. Hmm. You know, I've heard that this works in China, places like they have state media where they rein them in and it works really well there. It sounds like she's awfully upset about fake news, isn't it? Wasn't there a guy that was screaming about fake news for a long time and now she's upset about fake news? The difference is Donald Trump attacked the fake news media. He attacked CNN and the rest of them. 
but he didn't really do anything. I mean, he verbally attacked them. He didn't do anything. What we know AOC will gladly do is use the power of government to shut down yes. voices that she does not like, whether it's us on YouTube or you guys on cable TV or whatever it is. We know that. And by the way, this is where when they call for unity, what she means is, yes, once we eliminate all the voices we don't like, yes. we will have unity. It's a little Emperor Palpatine-ish of her, You know, the, the, the irony, though, is that if, don't correct me if I'm wrong, I think that was a, an Instagram Live. Right. So she wants to be able to go on Instagram live and say whatever she wants. Right. But then she doesn't want anyone else to be able to do it. It's sort of like what she's saying is contrary to what she's actually doing. But you also have to really listen to what she's not exactly saying, because, you know, they'll say that, OK, half the country's Nazis and bigots and white supremacists and all those horrible things. But they also say, you know, if you. Uh, are pro-life, for example, you hate women. If you're against the Green New Deal, you know, you're, you're, you want to destroy the environment. If you don't think, if you don't sign on to her agenda, uh, otherwise the world is going to end in 12 years. Well, then at that point, why would they let you spread those ideas online if she had the power to stop you? If you, if she really felt that hating women was part of the pro-life agenda, why wouldn't she get rid of those people? Why would she let you get on a plane or open a bank account or whatever else it might be if you thought uh, if you were going to fight against the end of the world in 12 years or fight for the end of the world in 12 years as she sees it. So these people, this this was the danger of the left all along. They think that if only they had enough power, they could correct all of us. And those of us that are conservative or, or lean right, whatever it might be, we believe the only answer is to take power away from the big structures. And then, yeah, life is a little messy, but I'd rather deal with a little bit of a messy life than some big structure that can just strike any of us down whenever it so chooses, run by people like AOC. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for the last week, I wouldn't be so concerned about her threats. But I think after watching all of these platforms kind of disavow conservatives, block them and deplatform them, I am a lot more concerned. You should be, Sean. I mean, there's no way to say it other than that. You absolutely should be. There's there's no reason to think that now that these people feel like they're this close to power. And this also was what I was warning about with Biden, because a lot of my more centrist Democrat friends, there's not many of them left, but there's a couple. A lot of them kept saying, oh, don't worry, Biden will stop this thing. He'll stop the radicals. They didn't they didn't bring in the radicals. They didn't go with Bernie or Elizabeth Warren. So he'll stop it. But what we're seeing is that, you know, if I can make an alien reference, it's like he's just the body, he's the host, and the alien, the lefty alien is going to burst forth in about a week from today. Yeah, mm. uh, well, that's... And it's bursting forth right now. And it's he's not wrong, right? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. So on that note, guys, I'm going to let you guys go with an amazing song. Um, not the national anthem, which I'll be playing every single day up until the end of February. And I'm hoping to get it redone. I'm going to seek to get that remastered. We need our own national anthem. We need to get back to our roots. You know, in the story of the prodigal son, he went back home when he sinned and squandered everything and went through hell and back. You always go back to your roots. You always go home to find yourself. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to go home back to our roots to find ourselves. There's so much out there that we need to relearn. We already know the media is obsolete. We already know we're, 
The storm is on the shores and it's pounding hard. And while all of you are losing hope, I refer to you again how I've been introducing you to the idea of duplicity for a couple months, good and evil, and trusting your gut. And while many of you may troll and say, oh, yeah, I'm just going to wait, you watch. Because if any of you think that we need 20,000 National Guards sitting in D.C. to do what? Are any of you going? No. Do you know of any conservatives that you hang out with that are going? No. So what are they really doing there? That's the question you should all ask yourselves. What are they really doing in D.C. and in other big cities? Cities, cities versus countries. I've told you this before. I told you this. Well, not you specifically, but the world. Wow. It's been 20 years. Damn, I'm showing my age. So on that note, guys, never surrender to evil, ever. Just a little more time is all we're asking for. Just a little more time could open closing door. Just a little uncertainty could bring you down. And nobody wants to know you.